Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny will be interviewing near-death experience survivor, Trisha Barker. And the two of them will be discussing her incredible story that is actually detailed in her newest book, Angels in the OR. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. And we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. And if you'd like to find out more about me, connect with me for coaching and all that good stuff, you can find me at my website, goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. Uh, so, Benny, uh, what's going on in your world? <laughs> Not a whole lot there, Sonny. It's uh, ramping up. I'm getting ready for summer. Getting closer and what? closer. You know. What does that mean? Like, what are you going to be doing? Like, is this with like stuff? I got to work on my tan. I got to have no tan lines. I mean, you know how that works. You already are tan. (laughs) You're like tan in a Seattle winter, which is kind of frustrating for folks like me who are gingers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. But no, I still, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a good summer. I don't know. That's about it. Okay. Good. Okay. And then I wanted to ask, when are the boys out of school yet? Or when does Uh, that happen? Not yet. They have, uh, I think, about two and a half, three more weeks. They're they're getting close. Two weeks. Yep. God, it feels like they get out later and later and go back earlier and earlier. Maybe I'm just not remembering from back in the day. No, I think you're probably right. Then again, you know, we had a little bit of snow issues this last year, so they've extended it at least one day, I believe. So uh, it depends on where you are. And it's funny because I have some of my friends um, still that I contact uh, through Facebook on, uh, uh, they live in Alaska. So it's like they were out last week. And I'm like, man, you guys got out early. It's like, Wait, they start ahead, you know, they start yeah. in August compared to us. So. Oh, well, either way. Well, I bet the boys yep. are excited. They are. They are. <laughs> well, very good. Well, it's good to hear your voice from Petaluma. Yeah, yours too. From Seattle, <laughs> I, mean, I guess course. I'm in Petaluma from Seattle, whatever. Yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> I'll visit. I'll visit soon. Yay, that would be so fun. Um, Okay, so on to our fantastic guest for today. Um, Her name is Trisha Barker. She is a near-death experience survivor. Uh, Her story has been featured on A&E's I Survived, Beyond and Back, as well as covered by National Geographic. So for over 20 years, Trisha has worked in schools and universities, often in impoverished areas. She helps others transform their lives in both the academic setting and in the spiritual community. Trisha's poetry and essays have been published in several publications, including uh, The Binnacle, I hope I said that right, The Patterson Literary Review, and the Midwest Quarterly. And currently, Trisha is an English professor in Fort Worth, Texas, and she has just released her first full-length book. It's called Angels in the OR. We'll be discussing it here today. Uh, I really encourage you all to get this book. Um, It was a a very entertaining read, a very engaging read. Um, You can find it at all the major places, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million. And I do want to emphasize, because I'm a big audiobook fan, I love my Audible library. This book is already available in Audible as well if you like to listen to your books. And it's a really great story. So I bet it would be a fun one to hear on Audible. I read the ebook. That's also available. Ebook, print book, audiobook, all of the ways. They're all available. Um, and so if you want to find out more about Trisha, 
as we are talking here today, I encourage you to check out her website, which is Trisha Barker NDE. Of course, that stands for Near Death Experience. So Trisha Barker NDE.com. Um, yeah. And so Trisha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sunny. I'm excited to talk with you, my fellow Texan. <laughs> yes, I have to tell you all, you know, our listeners know, our regular listeners know that I am from Texas originally, and I often speak about being from a small town in East Texas, and it was so funny. Um, uh, Lisa Smart, who's a former guest on the show, she is a collaborator with Raymond Moody um, at the University of Heaven. Um, they've Both folks have been on the show, and we've talked about the University of Heaven. We will be talking about it here today as well, because they've got an exciting near-death experience uh, online summit uh, coming up here just in a few weeks. But uh, back to my original point, Lisa Smart reached out and said, hey, there's this wonderful collaborator that we're working with. Uh, she's an author. Her name is Trisha Barker. You need to interview her. So as I started reviewing your materials, Trisha, I realized, oh my gosh, you're from Lindale, Texas. Now from those from outside of Texas, these are very small towns. Lindale is about 20 minutes from the town where I grew up in Tyler or even my, our family's farm was in Flint, Texas, which is even smaller. Um, Anyway, the similarities just started to pile up. And of course, you were at the University of Texas. That's where I went for law school. And I just kept reading and going, oh, my gosh, it is just this is crazy um, that this <laughs> this is who my guest is going to be. So I'm so excited. I love it. It's just meant to be. <laughs> it is. So just uh, for listeners today, we are, of course, going to be talking about Trisha's story, which is chronicled in uh, this book that I just mentioned, Angels in the O.R., Fabulous book. Um, but we're also going to be talking about the second annual online near-death experience summit. And there is a drawing happening for a free VIP ticket or package for that. So we'll tell you more about that. But just so you all have a heads up for what we're going to be covering today. Um, so Trisha, let's just dive in um, with a little bit about your background, because you, of course, had this near-death experience, which we'll talk about. But you were a very different person before the near-death experience. And so I'm curious if you could just give us, you know, who were you leading up to this experience? And then we can talk about what happened. Yeah. So one of my passions is I see so many college students coming in from broken homes or they have these childhood wounds that they haven't addressed. And that's exactly who I was. I had a lot of wounds from my family and I was agnostic too. I looked around and I didn't care for the religion that I saw in East Texas, and I just, <laughs> you and me I, both. Love, <laughs> I love school. I just wasn't into the judgment or it wasn't winning any popularity contest at uh, school with my, you know, Walmart fashion. <laughs> so, uh, so basically I, I delved into studies and I kind of got lost in Austin. It's a town that you can get lost in. And mm -hmm. so I went to hear a lot of live music, experimented with drugs and my life kind of took a downward turn. And right before the near-death experience, I was trying to get things together and and graduate, basically, you know, with mm -hmm. at least a 2-0. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, move move on in, in life. But, um, but yeah, I was agnostic, and that was a key point, kind of afraid of death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so then you 
you had, well, well, I remember, and it's so funny, you describe in the book exactly where the accident occurred. So Trisha was in a car accident, and she describes this intersection at Lamar and Guadalupe. If you've ever been to Austin or lived there, you would know this intersection is a pretty busy one. Um, and so you tell us what happened with the accident. You were on your way to run this 10, the capital 10K. You were in a hurry. And then, like, take us on through what happened to, all the way through to the OR. Yeah, so basically I gunned it through a yellow light, and I don't know if the next one was red, but I hit a very large car almost at a head-on collision. We're both going fast, and I don't know if he jumped the gun, whatever the case. I knew as soon as our cars collided that something was desperately wrong with me because I couldn't reach my glove box, and so I mm. couldn't get my license and registration. I was slumped over to one side. My back later, I would find out, was badly broken in three places. And I just remember feeling very hot. And, and for the first time in my life, I realized, uh-oh, I'm not in control at all. I'm going to mm -hmm. have to wait for someone else to stop on the side of the road. I'm going to have to wait for an ambulance. My life is totally in the hands of doctors. And I, I let out this prayer, but it was one of those foxhole prayers, you know, the kind that... <laughs> yeah, there are no atheists in foxholes. So, yes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, uh, if there is a God, I, I kind of need help now. <laughs> and um, this is scary. And I had a long wait. Luckily, a nurse eventually stopped for us. Several people passed and got to the ER, found out that I was going to need emergency spinal surgery didn't have health insurance and Austin is a huge college town as you know and there's lots of accidents and so later I would find out neurosurgeons were always behind and always stressed out the one who ended up operating on me had been on duty for 40 hours she had to go home rest take a break and I remember being kind of excited because a woman was going to operate on me she was like yeah. the first woman who I'd met who was a surgeon and she seemed on top of her game and and so I was excited and ready to go into surgery. And that was 17 hours, though, that I had waited for a neurosurgeon. because Without any pain meds, right? <laughs> yes. And people ask about that, and they say that's, that's cruel and unusual. And they, they get confused and think that that's because I didn't have a health insurance. That's not the case. They didn't give me pain meds because I had all kind of internal injuries. And they had to have the neurosurgeon sign off on whatever they were giving me and no one would because they didn't know how bad my abdominal you know um cavity had been damaged yeah yeah and so then you finally dr flan comes back and you go into the or and take us from there because this is where things get good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I signed this little piece of paper that said 17% chance of death. I thought, very specific. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I'm young, I'm strong, whatever, I'll be fine. And I was wheeled into surgery. The next thing I knew, they must have been at work on my body for quite some time because my spirit form lifted up out of my body. I saw on the operating table my bloody body, and I thought, oh, wow, surgery is way more brutal than I thought. But then my, my next thought was, we go on. And I knew from the minute I saw my spiritual form that I had been wrong about thinking that perhaps all consciousness dies with the body. I knew that a higher consciousness was following me outside of form. 
And I was convinced. I thought if I went back right then, if that was all I got of the afterlife, I could convince all my atheist friends and agnostic <laughs> friends of this reality because I was just certain of it. This was not a dream, not a hallucination. But it continued on. I looked up and I titled the book Angels in the OR because the first thing that I saw that just blew my mind were these angels. And they were nine feet tall, massive. And the first thing that struck me about them was that they were so intelligent. They understood this realm, the spiritual realm, better than I understood it. And they were there to give me, to transmit through this light and love, uh, through telepathy, just peace and calmness and healing. And they shot this light through the back of the surgeons and into their hands and lit up my entire body. And I was stunned by the revelation that the other side can assist during surgery. It can assist mm -hmm. in anything that we do that literally this intelligence is right there waiting to help us. And I was stunned. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, that, that was my concept that I got through religion, you know, growing up. And that wasn't a concept that I'd ever considered, but here I was experiencing it, you know, that, that changed my whole thinking in that moment. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you think that, that in every OR, in every moment of every day, there are angels assisting or do you think that they, when it's supposed to happen, you know, because you needed to have this experience and come back and tell, or do you think it's happening all the time or is it, was it specific to you and your mission and perhaps other people that have specific missions? I am meeting more and more people. In fact, I just talked with the woman yesterday who she's a living miracle. Most people don't make it through the type of uh, colon surgery. And, and she was septic uh, and mm. badly septic that she had, but she met her angels in surgery as well. And I know a lot of people who've read my book or have heard my story and they pray or pray before going in for surgery. And some of them have felt angelic presences. Others will say, don't put me under. I want to wait till I feel them. And, you know, ah. <laughs> and then they feel their angels and go into surgery. But but I think, yeah, we can call on assistance, whether it's it's going in for a dental procedure or energetic healing or working even with a life coach or teacher or whoever, that you can ask for your own angels to be there and work through them. Yes. I, yeah, I love that. I think I'm, I'm fascinated. I went up and I did my Reiki, um, uh, my Reiki certification, uh, in New York with a woman named Raven keys. She's been on the show before, but she now specifically teaches Reiki for the OR. So she certifies Reiki practitioners to go into the OR. So they are sending you the healing light and injury, in, injury, energy, uh, through your body during the procedure. And I think, okay, if I ever have surgery, I definitely want one of, <laughs> one of her Reiki practitioners in there with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I might need to connect with her. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. She's, uh, there, it's becoming more and more popular. And she's, she's been, uh, Dr. Oz has brought her into his OR and a couple of other major surgeons in New York. So I'm, I'm really excited for the possibilities there, but anyway, small digression. So, okay. Back to your body is, uh, your body is on the table. Your spirit is out of the body. You are watching these angels send healing light, light that, that conveys knowledge through nonverbal communication. Okay. So then, but then it gets even better. You're taken to the light or what many might call God creator source, the divine. Um, tell us about that. 
Yeah, so the experience went on for quite some time. I have a verifiable fact after I left that operating room. I saw my stepdad get a candy bar that was later verified. I had a life review. Many near-death experiencers have those. Yeah. The, then I ended up um, in this place where I felt this oneness with everyone. And I think oneness teaches us not to feel separation and judgment and to really be in that place of love. But I did transition into heaven. And when I say heaven and angels, you know, these concepts sometimes to agnostics might turn them off, but it was just a peaceful place, this realm of great beauty, great perfection. Uh, my grandfather was there to meet me, and he asked me if I wanted to continue on to that presence of God. And and I, I'm rushing to get to that because that's your question. And it is. Oh, no, don't rush. We want the whole story. Like, please, I love the live review. I love the verifiable instance, all that stuff. <laughs> okay, so in, in the life review, I learned not to be judgmental. And and I was a young kid. I hadn't I hadn't been mean to people. I wasn't a bully or anything like that. But I, I had my snobbiness if they didn't listen to the same type music or wear the same type clothes or go to my university. I didn't have a lot of room for people in my life. Mm -hmm. And I saw these wonderful people who prayed for me and I saw into their hearts. And then I was so humbled. I was like, oh, the heart is all that matters. The the things that people like, the cars that they drive, the way that they look, none of that matters. The heart is everything. And that's what God sees. And that's what I want to see. And that was my mission to myself was look into the hearts of people. And, and in this realm, you begin to start soaking up, even though I was technically only dead two and a half minutes, you begin to soak up the intelligence of universal love of this God force. And one of the messages that I got is that love is all that matters. And I remember thinking, I still was myself, you know, somewhat cynical. And I thought, oh, come on, God, like, give me something better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're the divinely intelligent being. And really, I just get to come back and tell them love, love each other, you know, love one another. <laughs> and, uh, you know, over time, it has made sense, but there were other messages like remind them to go to nature, be like a little child. And then when I transitioned into that heavenly realm, I saw that God's love is perfect. And what if we put our minds on that perfection, then we bring more of that perfection here. That was a message that I felt that mm -hmm. that we often focus on the negativity. And I love shows like yours because you're focusing on the good and the positive, and that's what everyone needs to be doing is putting their mind on goodness. And in that realm, I felt my grandfather, he looked very young and handsome. I didn't mm -hmm. notice him as my grandfather at first until, until I spent a little time there, but he asked me if I wanted to transition to that other place near God. And I I felt God's love already and I was excited and I'm kind of an adventurous person. I have to tell people that your, your soul's essence, it doesn't change in that realm. And that's kind of exciting. So if you, you like travel and you like adventure, the near death experience is kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go meet God. Thank you. <laughs> of course. I'm not going to deny myself that experience. So I'm flying towards God. I'm feeling other people's prayers. And this is what I tell people a lot who pray and then someone dies and they think, oh, did my prayer even matter? 
it matters. Their soul will feel it on the way out. And I felt everyone praying for me and I knew that they cared about me. I knew who was thinking about me. And if the prayer was connected with love, it had more power. So prayer is not lost. It's an energy. And I think a lot of times people who are religious and people who are in the metaphysical community are talking about the same thing. So Mm -hmm. prayer has power. It is an energy. They're the same thing. And I could feel that love, but I broke through it because, well, there's God up ahead and God was this light that was powerful and loving. And people also who are skeptics question and say, well, how do you know that was God? And your soul knows. (laughs) Let's Mm -hmm. just put it that way. (laughs) You know, like there's (laughs) there's a deep knowing and a humility. And I knew that I was created and that was creator. And I was so deeply loved and everything that I had thought badly about myself did not exist, that I was just shot through with enormous amount of love and, and I was free and safe to love too. We walk through this world and we don't always feel safe to love, but in the presence of God, I was free, happy, and my heart just, it was bursting with love. Like I'd never felt that good in my life. I'd love pets, I'd love my family, I'd loved a lot of things in life, but it was like a sand, just a little piece of sand in comparison to this mountain of love, this cosmos of love. I can't even quantify it, but it was it was the most amazing experience and all near-death experiencers run out of words when they try to describe God. In fact, my uh, boyfriend is a lawyer and he's good with language. And he said, you need to quit quit saying amazing. (laughs) (laughs) God's so awesome. God's so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, but I'm running out of words. How do you say God is the most beautiful force imaginable? I wanted to keep going to know God more, but I was stopped at some point. God said, look down there was this river that was flowing and there were lots of souls beside the river. Some of them were full of light. Some of them had a darkness around them. And I saw that darkness was fear. It looked very simple. And I just had to remind people to turn on their lights, to be in connection with God and to feel energized and happy and let go of fear and just be in that light and I knew that I was going to come back and teach and not, not a spiritual teacher, but actually teach. That was what God communicated to me. And I, I was a little upset by that growing up poor in East Texas. I didn't want a traditional career and I didn't want to be poor. And I argued for a minute and God kind of laughed. And that was the last <laughs> thing I knew. That was, uh, <laughs> I was sucked back into my body. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, gosh, I have so many questions in, in unpacking this, but one of the the ones that I, I want to ask, because I've interviewed Eben Alexander um, and many other, but Anita Morjani and um, let's see, Danian Brinkley and oh goodness, Nancy Rhines. And it's interesting to me. Um, and I've read this a lot, even among folks who I haven't actually had the honor of speaking with personally that number one, the beings that you see when you go through your near-death experience often reflect 
your belief system that you went in with. So for example, if you're a Christian, you might see Jesus. If you are a Buddhist, you might see Buddha, or you might see Ganesh if you're a Hindu, or all of the various things. And, and so I find that to be so interesting. And I, I bring this up because when, when I interviewed Evelyn Alexander, my mom called in and she wanted to know if he had seen Jesus. And I saw in the book that your mom, who is also a Christian, wanted to know the same thing. And that that my understanding is that wasn't your experience, what was your experience of that? Well, you know, that, that love that communicated, be like a little child. I mean, that is a somewhat biblical line yeah. and, and there's that love seemed to be something that is of God. So I believe that I met God and some, most near death experiencers don't meet religious figures. Some do some, and that's, that's kind of amazing to me, you know, in the research that I've done. Yeah. I think the majority don't. They see God as a light and yeah. as a loving force. And maybe maybe if they cross the veil, if they weren't stopped at some point, then they'd understand religion's place and all of this love. But but we just get a glimpse and yeah. this glimpse is profound though. And, you know, I wasn't fooled. You know, some Christians will put forth this message that, oh, that was just the devil fooling you and you're a new age mystical, you know. Like I'm called all kind of names on YouTube, uh, and so yeah. you know, <laughs> you know. But, but my point is absolutely not. No, I contacted the most loving force on the universe. I don't know everything because of my near-death experience. I just know that I met the love of God, and it changed everything about my life. Yes, yes, and I loved the way also that Eben Alexander, when he came back and he said, "I couldn't call it God anymore. It was Om. Like it was." There is not a word to describe it. It was an energy, a light, a sound. Uh, and it just, yeah, I can't quite wrap my brain around it. But um, yeah, it's yeah. the word ineffable is what comes up for me a lot in talking to folks who have had these experiences. It's just, yeah, it's there's no human language that can possibly captivate or, or, or capture or describe it accurately. Uh Oh, I know. I was so gleeful, even when they pulled the tracheotomy out of me and, you know, I was recovering those that week in the hospital. I would ask nurses if they believed in God and they would say, yeah, yeah, I believe in God. And I said, but do you know him? He's, <laughs> it's an energy that's like so powerful and it just shocks you with love. Do you know that? <laughs> and everyone looked at me like, she's on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, we need more of whatever you were having. <laughs> Bottle that for everybody. But. <laughs> right. I know we near death experiences. Some of us joke, if we could just stand on a stage and blast it. We would. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So I'm looking at our time and I think this is a good time to take our break for the show. Um, Benny, is this a good time for you? Let's do it, girl. Okay, let's do it. So we're going to take our break. Um, you have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, joined today by near-death experience survivor and author, Trisha Barker. You can find out more about her at Trisha Barker NDE. That stands for near-death experience. Trisha Barker NDE.com. And her book is Angels in the OR. And we will see you right after the break. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage 
as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me. Your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy. I'm joined today by Trisha Barker. She is a near-death experience survivor, and her entire story is uh, really beautifully chronicled in her newly released book, Angels in the OR. You can find that anywhere books are sold, as well as Audible, if you like the audio books like I do. Um, so, you know, we, we heard from you, Trisha, about the, the experience of the, your life before, the accident, the near-death experience in the operating room, and then let's, let's pick up there. And you came back to your body. And I, I would say for some people, their life after that experience becomes, I, I don't want to say sunshine and roses, but I think about, you know, like Anita Morjani, for example, and things really just unfolded and things seemed very peaceful. But you came back and you experienced, um, you experienced some, some difficult things. And I'm just, I'm curious to hear from you you know, can we pick back up where we left off and what it was like coming back to the body and how you brought the light back, even in some very difficult circumstances? Yeah. So two things. I think sometimes people have near-death experiences when they're older. And then there are a lot of people who have them when they're kids or young adults, like I was 22 at the time. And you still have to struggle in this world. And there's a lot that, you know, poverty and gender and 
and a lot of sociological issues you're still going to face because you're still in body. <laughs> and and yeah. that's, if, you, if you're fairly affluent and middle-aged and have a near-death experience, then you're still coming back to your affluence. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if, if you're broke and you're 22, and, <laughs> and you're coming back to that. And so that's what I came back to. And you know, the, the struggle is real. And just being in body and I still had emotional wounds from my childhood to work on and to heal, but, but I was changed. I was vastly different from the first moment I was in the hospital for the rest of my life. I was never the same person. I was highly depressed, uh, even suicidal at times, uh, before the near death experience, after the near death experience, I was never alone. That's what I, I just tell people. There was always God in my heart. There was always that light, no matter how dark things got or how difficult things got, I had God for the rest of my life. And I knew that. And I had the connection to angels. And and yet, uh, yeah, so I went into teaching and I loved it. Every classroom of students that I ever met, I told my near-death experience story to. Even that first group in Austin was student teaching. And they're, every time, these young people, their jaws drop. You know, they, yeah. they, they were in awe. They were in shock. And it just wasn't what they were expecting. I got questions. Sometimes I even had students who'd had near-death experiences. So that mm-hmm. first classroom, I had a young man who'd had a brain tumor and been in a coma for quite some time. And he was 19 and a junior And he said, yeah, I had one of those. And I said, just write in your journal every day about this. This will be what you write about and we'll talk about it. And so I think I helped him unpack that. But but teaching was a great, great joy. However, I I did travel overseas and I experienced sexual assault in South Korea. And I remember being pretty upset about that because I was shocked. I was like, how could I have this amazing spiritual experience and this horrible physical experience. And when I tried to put the two together, the only thing that I could come up with is, all right, so I know the spirit world, now I have to figure out how to heal this horrible emotional wound that many people, not just women, but you know, young boys go through, men have been raped, you know, like it's sexual assault and child abuse is common across mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times people act like you're destroyed, like you'll never be whole or, or you know, completely heal that PTSD, but I knew that the other side could heal my spine so it could heal that wound too. It took time, but there is healing. And that I think is one of my greatest messages to anyone and everyone, whether it's divorce, financial ruin, child abuse, sexual assault, whatever it is that you've been through, the light of God can transform that and can make you so whole and so ready to help others and so full of light that that trauma is released. It takes time. It takes work. You know, it's not instant. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, actually, there's on this subject, there was a quote in your book, um, and I'm always very interested in this idea of soul contracts or showing up and in a human body to learn certain things, have certain experiences. So I'm just going to read here. This is a little passage from the book. I read spiritual books about how our attitude and vibration creates our reality. However, these types of books cease to resonate with me after being raped. And if rape was part of my soul contract, then I wasn't prepared to handle it. And I'm just curious, you know, how do you reconcile that? Because that is something we talk about on the show is these, the, the idea that we show up to learn certain things. Like where, where does, how does that sit with you now? 
You know, I think that whatever we go through, we can use to help this world in beautiful ways. And I do think that there, you know, you look at any time period and in any country. And so a woman traveling through Asia, American woman, Western woman, probably doesn't have that many rights. And you're not going to change that through a sole contract. That's just, you went to Asia, you know, like Mm -hmm, I went to Asia, mm -hmm, I I mm -hmm. taught English in South Korea. There's a greater risk uh, of being raped. And that is, I, I just can't really wrap my head around that as my sole contract. I can wrap my head around it as, okay, I'm an outspoken person and I'm going to draw more attention to the idea that, you know, if you're traveling overseas, check out the laws. If you... Uh, you know, no matter what country you're in, just pay attention to safety and to your own safety. And that, mm-hmm. and then for anyone who's experienced trauma, healing is possible. So uh, those two messages are things that that I uh, put forth. But as far as soul contracts, do we pick our parents? Yeah, possibly. You know, I <laughs> I look at I had a very difficult mom, but a therapist once turned to me and said. Hey, she made you an artist, though. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, she did make me deep. You know, the pain, it kind of put me in this place where I read a lot and where I, I loved writing and where I went to these places in my mind that allowed me to be more of a philosopher. Yes, exactly. And yeah, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring that up is because just that, that you said my vibration didn't manifest that sexual assault. And I think that some of the women that I've spoken to, there's some guilt or there's some shame around it. And I just, I wanted to leave on that note so that there wasn't, um, there wasn't that feeling that, that there was something that they did even vibrationally that could be bringing this upon them that I want, you are, you have such a strong voice in this book around this issue and other issues that are social justice, civil rights and yeah, so I, I really like um, how you explain that in the book. Um, before we move on, do you mind speaking to that just for a moment before yeah. we move on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a, a great point, and it's one that I can't stress enough. Because I'm a professor and I teach in that academic realm, I really want to marry the two subjects, you know, mm-hmm. sociology and psychology and spirituality, and just remind people that, you know, if you through your soul in the middle of the dark ages, then some things are going to happen to you in that time period. Right. <laughs> you know, that you're not vibrating and manifesting. There's just a, there's a collective unconsciousness at play and there's a collective unconsciousness at play at different countries. And part of raising that consciousness is taking whatever is going on in that society, bringing light to it by talking about it, by standing up to it in a sense and saying, hey, let's love one another. Let's work on healing. Let's focus on justice, but work on healing of everyone. And that's that's my greater point is is healing. And, you know, it's not a a political issue for me necessarily. It's more of a, hey, let's all heal. Let's get along. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> and speaking <laughs> of that, so you were given a very clear mission during your near-death experience. God basically told you, you go back and you're going to be a teacher. And there was a little resistance on your part, but of course, ultimately you you um, agreed, you went back, you became a teacher. And I'm just curious from your perspective, I mean, not everybody has a near-death experience. Not everyone gets a message from God that this is your calling, this is what you are to do. So do you think all of us have 
a mission that is that choiceless. And if we haven't had a near-death experience where God told us, like, how do we know what that is? You know, I tell people that the main message that I heard is that love is all that matters. And so if you're incorporating that into whatever you're doing, then you are working in the light of God. So even, you know, I was blessed recently by these two young men who helped me move. And so I moved from a location where I lived and they just were wonderful people, kind people, made the experience wonderful. I know they're not going to be movers their whole life, but you know, they, <laughs> did it, they did it with love. And whatever you're doing, if you infuse it with love, then that's your mission. And I think I just got it over time that teaching, I was able to give unconditional love to these students, whatever they'd been through, you know, whether at the college level, whether they'd been in jail, made bad choices, been in gangs. I met them where they were and said, hey, let's improve your life and let's connect you with that love of, of whatever it is you want to do and excitement about that uh, future for you. So that is the most important part is infuse yourself with love and give love to this world. Mm, yeah. And, and you also talk about, um, I'll just read this quote here. You can live with more joy and freedom than you currently can imagine possible. Remind yourself of the description of near-death experiencers near the presence of God. This is our natural state and how we should feel throughout our lives. And so to that point, a lot of the kids that you're working with are dealing with uh, sexual uh, molestation, um, losing friends in gangs, uh, all kinds of trauma and loss. And this, of course, these things extend out to the broader world. I mean, war and death and cancer and all of the things. So I'm, I'm curious, how do we live with more joy and freedom in the face of things that while you're in a human body seem pretty freaking traumatic? They do. And, and certainly there's a grieving process that has to be honored in the body and taking care of the self is a form of love. So whether that's going to a grief counseling group, whether that's reaching out to people in different healing modalities, but yeah, on a real basic level, you do have to take care of yourself through traumas. But on that other level, I honestly believe that there's so much immediate transformation that we just can open up to faster and faster healing. And so I hope I'm one of those voices that reminds people that, no, you don't have to be stuck for your entire life over this one wound. You don't have to be 80 years old and still in pain over something that happened when you're a kid. You, you don't like, you know, it yeah. really can be totally released in that love of God. Yes, I love that. And and then this also reminds me that um, one of the messages that I've heard consistently from all near-death experience survivors is that we are not alone. And and you came back with, uh, it sounds like your intuition increased exponentially, but part of that was, I remember this specific scene in the book when you were at a, a cafe with a friend, okay, and you looked up and the friend had said, do you still see things? Um, and I can't remember how it was phrased exactly, but basically you looked up and you saw hundreds of angels all around the cafe and the people on the sidewalk. And yeah, so how are we all like around in this room right now where I'm broadcasting there are angels with me or, or anywhere I go and we can access that anytime? Yes. Isn't it amazing? And your ancestors. I will see students, grandparents show up because a lot of my students are younger and it's usually the grandparents, but they show up to want to guide them, to connect with them, to love them. So there's love all around us. 
and intelligence all around us. And how amazing is that? That if we just take the time to connect with them, and that's a long story. You know, I think there are also ghosts you know, that maybe haven't gone back to the light. And, yeah. And, and there's there's a lot to it, but certainly our angels are there, and certainly our ancestors can be accessed through love. Yes, I, I just, and it's interesting, I mean, is it as simple as us asking for it, or are they like pushing stuff through the veil at all times? <laughs> you know, I think if we ask, it, it, it connects us to the experience. And that's what I love ah. to see other people do is connect on their own where they don't feel that they need a medium, where they just trust that love. And they say, you know, God loves me enough. God is not going to end that connection with someone I love on the other side. If someone has lost a kid or a parent or someone they're very close to, I want them to feel that connection. I love how you just said that. That was beautiful. I'm going to go back and listen to that part again so I can write it down. <laughs> but yeah, puts us in the experience of it, which is when you're in a human body, my gosh, those experiences, those are like the little the little oases in the middle of a big desert sometimes that keep you going. So very important, I think, for us to to ask for that and to be able to experience it. Which brings me to an important point that I want to make sure we cover today, the Online Near-Death Experience Summit. Um, second annual is coming up here on June 23rd. Um, so for those of us who have not had a near-death experience and are as obsessed with these things as I am, um, this is a good summit to participate in. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the summit and... For listeners out there, there is going to be a drawing happening tomorrow for a free VIP ticket or package, and we'll tell you how to to get yourself entered in that. Uh, so do it fast by June 1st. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So uh, I am so blessed to work with Raymond Moody and Lisa Smart on this. I taught an online education, so I thought last year, okay, I want to bring heaven to people who can't make it to these conferences, maybe people who are bedridden and they've watched every YouTube video out there, but for whatever, you just have an interest in near-death experiences. I gathered as many speakers as I could together, so we have an amazing lineup, even Alexander, Jeffrey Long, lots of researchers, and then some experiencers who came back with musical talents or artistic talents. It's just fascinating. I mean, massive amounts of, of talent brought in from the other side, but mm. my point is heaven can transcend and can descend to our lives. And that's what I want people to experience. And sometimes when you immerse yourself in a, in a moment like this, you listen to 11 hours of videos, it's, you know, kind of binge watch <laughs> yes. the videos and then get your questions answered by these people directly. Uh, then how fun is that? Cause I think the Q and a part of many radio shows and, and many shows in general and conferences is an awesome part of the experience. So basically, if you sign up for this, you can watch all these videos with the speakers, but then on June 23rd, you get the opportunity to ask your questions for, it'll be three hours and, and the, there's a lineup of speakers. Yes. Okay. So if you, this sounds like uh, something you want to find out more about or participate in, the website to go to is theuniversityofheaven.com. Um, and it will be you can follow the links there, but if you want the very specific link, it is the university of heaven.com forward slash N D E dash summit 2019. But of course, just go to the university of heaven.com and it will be uh, pretty obvious from there. Um, and, and so there are, there are a couple of different ways to access it. It looks like there are two levels there and what you are giving away is one premium ticket 
um, to the summit. And so for those of you out there, if you want to be entered to win that premium ticket, um, the, the thing to do is to take down this email address, the university of heaven at gmail.com. That's the university of heaven at gmail.com. And then just put in D E summit in the subject line. NDE Summit. And they're going to be announcing the winner tomorrow, June 1st. So if you're listening to the show, get your name in today <laughs> so that you can be entered to win. And what yeah. does the premium ticket get them? The premium ticket gets them that connection on the 23rd to type in their questions and interact in video format with Ebed Alexander, Dr. Jeffrey Long, Raymond Moody, all the near-death experiencers who are talking. And just directly chat with them, you know, if they have a burning question that they really want to to hear from a particular person. Nancy Rhines is going to be there as well. Uh, they can get their questions answered. Yay. Okay, so one more time, just email theuniversityofheaven at gmail.com and put NDE Summit in the subject line and you'll be entered to win. And then, of course, just to find out more and to register, go to theuniversityofheaven.com. Um, anything else you want to say about the summit um, before we turn back to some other things related to your experience, Tricia? Well, last year was the first year that I did it, and it was so amazing to get the comments from people. As people listen to these videos from experiencers, their creativity heightened. And I thought, <laughs> oh, God is coming through people's creativity. People wrote songs. Other people wrote in, and they said that all doubt was erased. After mm. listening to, you know, 11, 12 hours of experiencers, they're like, okay, I give. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I have, I have no more doubt. <laughs> <laughs> And people have written to me saying that their lives have transformed this year after that first summit because they really feel God in their life the way that I talk about a lot. And it's just exciting. I think this is my little attempt to bring God more powerfully into people's lives. Oh, I love that. Okay, so the website for all of the things is theuniversityofheaven.com, and there you can access the uh, information about the summit. Um, okay, so... This also brings up another point as you were speaking. Um, you had said in the book, you know, you were pretty stubborn before your accident, and maybe it took a jolt of the kind that you had, a life-altering accident with an, an NDE in the OR, to get you to awaken. And I've had this conversation with friends, with guests, and, I, you know, some people it takes a bigger, like the cosmic two-by-four versus, uh, you know, a gentle awakening. And do you think do you think it can be a gentle awakening or do we sometimes need to be jarred out of our reality? You know, I think God uses all of them, to be honest. And I think stories like mine are dramatic because you have this before and after, you know, lost druggy kid you know, yeah. to, to uh, a person who's just like beaming with light and <laughs> can't stop talking about God. You know, that God uses those stories, but God also uses stories where people are just at a conference and they just awaken it, awaken or they're in church and they just have this profound spiritual experience and, and their life has changed from that point forward. So yeah, I mean, maybe I created the summit even going, Hey, why don't you just awaken real gently? Yes. Because there is some PTSD associated with traumatic accidents and dying and, you know, not everyone wants that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 
along the lines of the traumatic experience, the one thing I think we didn't really cover that happened after your NTE is your dad was diagnosed with a uh, a brain tumor that was basically inoperable or he re he refused surgery and he was gone pretty quick. Um, and, you know, how do you think that experience was different for you because of your near-death experience? Or what was that experience like for you? Well, I was deeply connected to his parents uh, immediately. I felt them in spirit telling me a few days before he died that they were waiting for him and they were gonna help him transition. And I knew that other Rome was there. I felt it, you know, I felt it before he died. But then I also realized, okay, grief is still a physical thing. And my father gave me unconditional love in this life and I would miss that. I would miss that uh, connection. He hasn't stopped talking to me though, so he was a big talker in life and he continues <laughs> he continues to chat from the other side so he lives on and he even lives on through my book. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love that. And you didn't, I mean, and, and for those out there, she didn't always have the best relationship. I mean, there, there were some rocky times with you two, but it seems like not only through later in life, the relationship improved, but, but also that you do still communicate with him and the healing continues even from the other side. Oh yeah. I, I, I was curious, you know, how the death experience is different from the near death experience. So he showed me portions of, of what he experiences in the afterlife. And it's been fascinating, just a uh, connection, you know, the connection with them and, and yeah, it is loving and, and I'm, I'm certain that my ancestors, other people's ancestors, they just want us to be happy. They just want us to have a good life. And so any communication that they're trying to give, it is from a deep place of love. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, as we're nearing the end of our conversation here, Tricia, um, uh, tell us, you know, what is your wish for readers? And this, this a book we've been discussing is Angels in the OR. And in writing this and releasing this out into the world, your very personal story, what is your hope? My greatest hope is to spread healing. And, you know, my story is personal to my experience, but I hope it initially connects people to heaven. I am jumping for joy as a few of my agnostic friends read it who, are, <gasps> <laughs> who have never been convinced by anything I've ever said, but they read my book and they emailed me and said, you know what? I'm thinking about what happens when we die. And I did this happy dance around the Yay. room like, oh my God. So I really do want to connect with agnostics as well as spiritual uh, people who are spiritual and religious and, and just remind people to that this is real. You know, the afterlife is real and we can be assisted from the other side in our lives here. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say your book was incredibly approachable. And whenever I read these books, I always think, okay, if I meet this person or I have this client come through my office, that is the first book I'm going to give them. And I thought of numerous people around your book, Tricia. I think it is, it, like I said, very relatable and you're very approachable. Your story is very engaging. So I encourage everyone out there, um, check out this book, Angels in the OR, available Barnes and Noble, Amazon, pretty much everywhere, as well as Audible. Don't forget the audiobook. Um, also, just as a reminder, the near-death, uh, the, the second annual online near-death experience summit uh, is going to be taking place here very quick. Just go to theuniversityofheaven.com to find out more. Or if you want to be entered in that drawing for the premium VIP ticket, um, just email theuniversityofheaven at gmail.com and put NDE Summit in that subject line, and they're going to be announcing the winner tomorrow, June 1st. 
hours. So get that submission in quick. Um, Trisha, we're like, we've got like less than 30 seconds left. Any final message you want to leave before we send people off? No, just if you uh, go to the summit, you can watch the videos right now. So even though the quick Q and A isn't until the 23rd, you can, you can binge watch videos. Hey, now there's something to do with your weekend this weekend. (laughs) Trisha, thanks for being on Sunny in Seattle. Thank you. It was awesome. And thank you all for listening. If you want to find out more about Trisha, go to trishabarkernde.com. You have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, signing off. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.